Yes, people. It's another week, another episode of your favorite film podcast, Echo Chamber. So let's get to the UK box office top 10 for the weekend of the 21st to the 23rd of June. Okay. Right. At number 10, we have John Wick Chapter 3 Parabellum. At number 9, we have Child's Play. At number 8, X-Men Dark Phoenix. At number 7, it's the Secret Cinema's Casino Royale. At number 6, Secret Life of Pets 2. At number 5, Brightburn. At number 4, Rocketman. At number 3, Men in Black International. At number two, Aladdin. And making it a one-two punch for Disney. At number one, Toy Story 4, people. Okay. So, um, yeah. It's perfect, right? Because this week, the review is Toy Story 4. So, let's get into it. Okay. So, you know. While I was waiting around for my flight home, I decided to um, kill some time at the cinema. And um, yeah, Toy Story 4 was just about to start. So, hey, why not, right? I figured I would jump in and catch that. Now, it's a funny one. Like, if you think about it, the original Toy Story came out in 95. Then Toy Story 2 was 99, so that's four years. Toy Story 3 didn't hit until 2010. So, you know what I mean? That's like an 11-year gap. So we've had a nine-year gap before Toy Story 4. So the question was... Do we need it? Like, yeah, do we need this film? Because Toy Story... Like, to be honest with you people, I wasn't a huge Toy Story fan when the film came out. The one... The the one, only film, really, that really just hit me straight away was Toy Story 3. I thought Toy Story 3 was a fantastic film. You know, it just worked... On so many levels. I, I love Toy Story 3. And I thought it was a perfect ending. For that group of characters. So. When you hear. Oh they're making another one. It was like. Mm, do we need another one? I don't know. That's the weird thing. But yeah. They decided to do it. Now. 
the um the director of this film is uh, Josh Cooley and this is Josh Cooley's like it, it it's his um you know big directorial film like the only other two things he's directed were a couple of um shorts so this was his big thing now he has worked um as a writer so he's written um he's written three shorts he did the screenplay for inside out which was a huge hit for uh Disney and Pixar. He's also um, he was a storyboard artist, and so he's worked on the the first Incredibles film. He worked on Cars, Ratatouille, um, Up. I loved Up, especially the beginning of Up. You know what I mean? He worked on Cars two. Um, you know, so so he's worked on big films. But he just hasn't directed big films, so it. So this is the thing. It's just like, is this? Is he ready for this? You know what I mean? Is is he ready for Toy Story Four? Hmm. Who knows, right? But you know, you 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 had all the big people back. So Tom Hanks as Woody, Tim Allen as Buzz Lightyear, Annie Potts as Bo Peep. Tony Hale was a new character playing um Falky. Keegan um Michael Key and Jordan Peele were voicing new characters. Uh we had um Madeline McGraw also as Bonnie, a new character. Um so yeah, you you had some you know returning characters. You had some new characters. So it was like, oh, he he is in good hands. So cool. Josh was in good hands. He had some talented individuals. So it's just like, you know, th- th- this should work, right? This should work. Well, the gist of the film is this: Woody, Buzz Lightyear, and the rest of the gang embark on a road trip with Bonnie and a new toy named Falky. The adventurous journey turns into an unexpected reunion as Woody's slight detour leads him to his long-lost friend Bo Peep. As Woody and Bo discuss the old days, they soon start to realise that they're two worlds apart when it comes to what they want from life as a toy. So, this is all set up at the very beginning of the film. Because, um, well, first of all, we have this daring kind of um, rescue mission. Which is like, ooh, very cool. So, we have that. Which, you know, I think it, it, it lets um, Josh show his directorial talents... It, it lets the, all the cast be involved in something exciting and fun. So we have this. But then, so you think, you know, there's no toy gets left behind, right? Um, then the realisation that uh, 
Yeah, Bo Peep has been given away. Like, Molly doesn't need her anymore. So, Woody's like, no. So, he goes to say Bo. But then Bo's like, hey, Molly's old. She doesn't need me. I, I, there's another kid out there that who that will need me. So, we have this. So, there's straight away this, this upheaval. Then, um, you know, there's a new kid on the block, Bonnie. And... Um, Woody and the gang is given to Bonnie. So it's like, how are they all going to transition into this new environment? Um, and we see a like montage of Bonnie growing up, you know, loving the toys, but then getting older and not playing with the toys as much. But Bonnie, you know. Then we get to the point where she's going to kindergarten. And it's like, it's getting used to this new thing. This new chapter in her life. And Woody wants to help her. So Woody wants to help her. And she goes. Um, he He's assisting in the background. But that's where Forky comes from. And um, so her parents take her away for a little trip. Um, and that's when this whole big adventure takes place. On this trip, like, would he then bump back into Bo Peep? And, they, like, this opens up, like, the the... These possibilities, these thoughts, this kind of like, you know, this new landscape for him, which throws him, completely throws him. Because Woolly, Woody has always been very focused, very single-minded, like he's there, he was always there for Andy, you know. Everything he did was for Andy. So when Andy got old, then it's just like, oh. So, but Andy gave him to Bonnie. So he's just like, right, now my job is to protect Bonnie. So he's very single-minded and this is what he must do. And this is, you know. But it's just like, well, what if there's other things? You know, what if, what if there are other possibilities? Abilities. And I think that's what we see You know, like within this film There's like the theme of life and its limitations You know Like, um Because we, we use the kind of The, the, uh, the conceit of a, 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 a love toy and a homeless toy, you know, a discarded toy, so that's the thing, so, you know, at this moment, Woody and the rest, they're homed toys, and how do you cope with them being homeless, being discarded, being a ronin, as it were, you know, so th- th- there's all these kind of themes running through the film, 
like yeah what do we do like what is this ah and another thing that we noticed like woody as i said look he's always been focused on this thing so he's so he can't let go of this idea that he and only he is the one that must protect bonnie that must do these things that must you know no one else can do it like he couldn't just leave it for buzz or or um jesse or you know it must be woody and so i think another big thing of this film is like accepting the unknown you know pushing past the boundaries that we set for ourselves you know because there's more to life than these restrictions the the restrictions that we place no one else has placed we have placed these restrictions in our life so that these are the big themes i felt of toy story 4 and you know it worked within the story you know i i i thought yeah it's not like because it could have been a bit on the nose i mean it's like don't get me wrong it, it it's not like oh i never saw that coming interesting yeah it, it, it's it's not that but it's not like really forced down your throat in a way of like i get it i get it just stop just stop let me watch this film no it's not quite like that but yeah there's these messages for um for the viewer i think and um it works it does work within the context of this film and you know it is kind of nice you know like i for a first time director of something of this scale josh cooley does do a really good job um and we get to see some different angles that's fun you know like we've got the um the guys in a a a a toy car uh well a toy skunk as it were and like it's the different angles that are used to show these things happening and stuff like that which is nice it's nice it adds a little something new to the film um so yeah that was good that was fun and um yeah i think the film is well paced it moves along well like it's easy to enjoy i I definitely think it's easy to enjoy now is it necessary yeah i'd probably say maybe not i'd probably say maybe not but but even though yeah it, it it's not overly necessary it's not something that's going to diminish the brand it definitely won't do that so you can enjoy the film and that's the what that's the big fear because i remember look we've seen it before like the um the first matrix was amazing the next two films just felt a bit watered down 
a bit watered down on the concept and also complete rip-offs of Dune. So it diminished the product. But luckily, Toy Story 4 does not diminish the product. You can go in, you can enjoy it, and yeah, you'll still look back at the previous films and they'll still hold that special place in your heart. So the way this all finishes, we have this epiphany moment and the end it works it is nice because we like ah okay okay that makes perfect sense and it will also help the um the brand moving forward if that's what we see but yeah it's um like it's not the best of the series. Yeah, it's not up there with Toy Story Three for me, but it is still a decent film, and I think, I think especially fans of toys, the Toy Story brand, um, fans of the Disney Pixar animation, I think they will enjoy this film. Yeah. I think they will enjoy this film. I think they'll enjoy the the, the, the the new additions to the character roster. Especially um, Keanu Reeves. Shown up again. He was all over last week's episode. Shown up again. Keanu Reeves. He's just taking over, right? So, yeah. Like, his character, Jordan Peele and Keegan M- Mitchell... K's character I think yeah people will enjoy those um Madeline McGraw was great as Bonnie you know and and Bonnie it was nice to see a different type of um just individual you know what I mean it's, it's always good to see a little bit diversity a different kind of individual within the films so that was nice but um yeah, I, I, I think I think this is a is solid. It's solid. I did I did enjoy it. Didn't love it, but I did enjoy it. So, um people, if you're a fan, I don't think you'll be disappointed. I will say though, um like it's a hundred minutes. Hundred minutes. So, you know, and what's that, an hour and forty minutes? It's not too. It wasn't a bad runtime. I didn't really feel like, um, you know, I wasn't looking at my watch or anything. The one thing that I did kind of stand out for me, though, I didn't love the new Randy Newman songs. I didn't think they were as captivating as um as previous efforts. You know, so I don't know. Maybe others do think they're just as good as Friend in Need and stuff like that. But eh, I don't know. I don't know. For me, maybe not. But I guess it's um, it's good to keep all the elements in place, right? Because you don't want to make it so drastically different. 
that would scare people. Definitely scare people. But yes, people. Toy Story 4 is consistent. You know, Pixar, Disney, they do it again. They bring out another fun film. Um, Josh Cooley is a, a, a really good job as, um, yeah, the first-time director. Uh, and, um, yeah, your favourites are here. Tom, Tom Hanks, Tim Allen, Annie Potts, you know, and, and with some new people thrown in. But Joan Cusack is back, although Jessie doesn't have a huge part in the film. But, yeah, she's back. So, um, yeah, look, if you want something fun to do over half term or if you just want to watch a good film, it's in the cinema right now. So go check it out. Toy Story 3. Toy Story 4, people. Toy Story 4. Okay, people. It's that time of the episode again. So we're going to hit a little um, film news and then bounce. Um, In recent years, a lot of smaller indie films have started to um, release, um, you know, release the product on streaming services the day it hits cinemas. But... Um, recently, the Directors Guild of America, the DGA, has banned day and date releases from its top feature film award. Which, you know, it just seems a bit ignorant, really. Like, they talk about the importance of films being able to be seen how they're you know, meant to be seen. But this is the thing, right? Most people that go to the cinema, go to the cinema. You know, even if a film is available on Curzon or another streaming service, they'll go to the cinema to watch it. The people that will want to watch it on the streaming service are ones that maybe can't get babysitters who are ill and can't leave the house you know or or find it difficult being in public places and things like that you know i i don't think having the option will drastically see um you know cinema numbers drop so for the dga to do this i think it just hurts indie films because you know they can't uh, sometimes they can't afford huge runs in the cinema. So it financially, it makes sense for them to release both at the same time. But yeah, you know, that's what the DGA have decided to do. Though, the rule doesn't... Um, it, 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 it's not relevant for their first time feature film award. So with that award, you can be in the cinema and streamer on the same day. It's just the, um, yeah, it's just the main award, the top feature film award where you can't. So, yeah, a bit weird, you know what I mean? But fuck it, what can you do, right? 
Um, so, um, word was, you know, uh, a while back, Brian Singer was attached to direct the Red Sonja film for Millennium Films. Um, this has been, like, it's been floating around for a while, but due to, um, a lot of accusations on sexual assault and misconduct and other stuff, I think it was always thought that Singer was probably going to get pulled from the film, especially because it's a female character. So word has now come that he has indeed been replaced. And um, yeah, so now Jill Soloway, who um, created Transparent at Amazon, and she's directed Afternoon Delight, she is now going to direct Red Sonja, and she's going to be writing it as well. So I, th- I think, you know, the fact that she is now writing the film, it probably means that, um, yeah, it, 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 it's just going to delay things a whole heap. Um, also, because, you know, like, there was, I think, an idea of where they, they had the location for shooting and everything like that. So I think everything now goes on hold until Soloway probably comes with her new draft of the film. So, uh, yeah, we'll have to see what happens. I can't remember if I mentioned this last week, but um, everyone knows that Amazon in their their huge play for content and picking up uh, franchises that last year they picked up the wheel of Robert Jordan's wheel of time franchise which consisted of 15 books um i think he wrote 12 of the books and then Brandon Sanderson wrote the last book that they then turned into a trilogy, I believe. It was either a trilogy or two books. So Jordan either wrote 12 or 13 books. I forget. But, you know. But anyway, so um, that was picked up by um, by Amazon. And Rosamund Pike has now been, um, been cast as... Um, uh, one of the main characters in the series. Um, so yeah, that's ain't that's pretty big to get someone of her caliber in this series. Uh, she's been she's going to be playing um, Moriane, a member of the all female organization called Ayes. Sadia. So yeah, like um, you know, in in the books, she arrives in a small town of two rivers, where she then embarks on a dangerous, world-spanning journey with five young men and women, 
and women, one of whom is prophesied to be the dragon reborn who will either save or destroy humanity. So, um, yeah, I mean, you could say that she is the Gandalf of, um, of that series. But, uh, yeah, it's all very interesting, man. It's like, um, the, the series started in 1984. Like, there were some huge gaps in between books, a bit like George Martin. Um, but yeah, it, it was a very long-standing and popular series that has sold more than 90 million copies worldwide, which is huge, right? Okay, so another bit of news, um, I think mentioned this a little while back, but, um, yeah, they're working on a, um, animated Flash Gordon movie at 20th Century Fox. Well, Tahiki Watiti has now come on board to kind of, um, I guess, work out the kinks of how to bring this story alive. Um, it, word isn't, uh, you know, it. They're still trying to work out if he's going to write and direct the film or if he's just going to executive produce or just shepherd things through. But, um, yeah, I think with his sensibilities, this could really make it a fun, you know, just as fun as the original film with Sam Jones and um, uh, Pierce Bronson. You know, so uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm very much looking forward to it. I think if done right, this could be uh, a really great film. Um, I have to say, right? There's a lot of fuss at the moment. Uh, people having a go at Tom Holland because he was on Graham Norton in the UK, um, and he was you know talking about the new Spider-Man: Far From Home. And he mentioned that it picks up kind of directly from the events of um, Avengers Endgame. And, you know, while, you know, talking about this, he kind of mentions that Iron Man died. And people are in an uproar. I don't think you can be in an uproar about it. The Avengers Endgame has been out for a good chunk of time been out for a good chunk of time and anyone saying that they don't know what's happened in a film they're a liar you're you're a straight up liar because there have been way too many memes there's been way too much said about it all you know it's just like look you can avoid this shit for only so long so anyone trying to tell me that they didn't know Iron Man died, you're a liar. You're a, you're a dirty liar and you just want a good excuse to whine and cuss and t say that Tom Holland's a bad, bad man. Oh, shame on you, Tom Holland. Oh, bad, bad boy. Grow up, people. Just grow up. You know what I mean? 
you you found out like you should have just turned off the tv but you know I mean? just to, to like that's what you do if you're trying to avoid shit and they're talking within that wheelhouse turn it off that's what you do all right and finally i this is kind of interesting but it does make me wonder okay so while out and about doing press for yesterday Danny Boyle, Danny Boyle, Danny Boyle, Danny Boyle confirmed um, that there could be a new addition in the 28 day, um, days later franchise. So what he said was, Alex Garland and I have a wonderful idea for, a, for the third part. It's properly good. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense, Danny. You know, hey, you talk as well as some of your most recent films. Um, Anyway, the original film led to a bit of a resurgence in the zombie drama. And it doesn't reference any of that. It doesn't feel stale at all. He's concentrating on directing his own work. He's referencing Garland there at the moment so it stood in abeyance really but it's a you never know so um yeah basically they're both busy at the moment um so they, you know there's no date to when they will get started on this third film but uh yeah there could be another one but and what would it be called so the original was 28 days later then we got 28 weeks later so will the next be 28 months later i, I mean you know I, I guess that's the thing that makes most sense because i mean you could do 28 years later but i don't think that fits as well right I think you'd probably have to go to mumps. So um yeah, I don't know. We will we will see what happens with this, right? Well people, that is us. That is the end of another episode of Echo Chamber. I hope you've enjoyed yourselves. I hope that you know you found the review helpful. And, yeah, we'll be back next week. I think next week we've got a review and an interview with a director. I think. I'm, But I have to check the calendar just to, to make sure. But, yes, that's it, people. So, um, yeah, go watch some fun films. Enjoy yourselves. And we will see you next Thursday for another episode of Echo Chamber. Well, what?